Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Okay, we are not really live, but we're back for episode 202 of Trek Live. Uh, yep. How you doing today, Dan? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk some Star Trek. I know this is not ideal for uh, a, uh, a live show that has their live in their title of their show, but um, just better for us or for me, I guess, uh, for life stuff going on. So, but I'm excited to to draft. It's been a while since we've done one of these, and Voyager is one of my favorite shows, not the favorite. So, um, I'm excited. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a fantasy draft for <laughs> season three of Voyager. Uh, which is a, an interesting season. Uh, it's usually, I think it's pretty well regarded. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff here, but it's in the pre seven of nine, pre usually cited as like the peak of the show uh, window for for Voyager. Uh, so these are the seasons that I think are the most fun to do this with. Um, I think the faster you can get out of the the like undisputed absolute upper echelon classics that are kind of easy to pick. The more interesting this gets, the more we get into our own personal tastes and episodes that are harder to to separate. Uh, And yeah, like you said, it's been a while since we've done this. It's been a while since we've really done anything. Kind of just getting into the rhythm. (laughs) And uh, really excited to be doing that. And I love the fantasy draft format. And um, before we jump jump into it, uh, Bill, how's the rewatch going? I know uh, I'm pretty quiet on Twitter, and then the the rewatch, I'm just only watching what's current on Star Trek right now. But um, how's the rewatch going? It's going. It's just about done. Uh, As of the recording of this, I am like ninety seven percent of the way through the episodes. I have a little tracker on my spreadsheet that I use that tells me like of the number of episodes I've watched out of the total number, but what's the percentage and I, I, the last episode I watched as of the recording of this is Stormy Weather from season four of Discover. Oh, man. So, Dang. yeah, we're like right. I'm, I'm right there. Uh, I got a little bit of Prodigy coming up uh, back after season one, a whatever you want to call the first half of the first season. Uh, the back half of Discovery season four, Picard season two. And then I think where I'm going to finish this is I'm going to finish season two of Picard probably before... Stranger Worlds is done, and then I'll break for a week or two or however many it's going to take. Let Strange New Worlds wrap, and then Completely I'll rewatch better. that as like a kind of a binge over the, over a weekend, maybe. Yeah. And then from what it sounds like, what most people I think are assuming is the new track might break a little bit after Strange New Worlds season one. I don't know that we'll have something like right off the end yeah. of Strange New Worlds like we've kind of had for a while. So it feels really nice to like finish there while the actual new content is also paused. So if I can do that, if I can finish Good there, I'm, I'm like done everything that has been released. So yeah. uh, right around the beginning of July, I should be totally done with Strange New Worlds. But other than that, I should be done this anytime now. So, Dang. Yeah. That's cool. I started it in May of 2020 in, in at least this kind of form. It's kind of shifted a little bit over the years. It's been even longer running than that. I've had this logo on my Twitter handle for quite a while. Uh, but was well, that a shot at me that no, I would, uh, <laughs> no, cause it's been, it's been 3.0 or whatever for a while or 2.0, whatever it is. Um, 
yeah, I've, I've kind of been in this rewatch cycle for a while, so uh, it is a shot across your bow that I'm going to be bugging you for a new one pretty okay. soon. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep this one for a while. I'm not jumping right into the next version right off the gate, right out, of, right off the end of this one, but uh, pretty soon, I would imagine. Um, so, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> All right. I think we should get right into it. Uh, we're going to do, like I said, season three of Voyager, which is going to come on the screen right now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll have sort of a visual aid. Uh, but we're hoping to put this out as a podcast as well, where you'll have to follow along, follow along with the audio version and uh, yep. come back on YouTube and check out the audio, uh, the, the, the visual um, with the draft board and all. Um we're going to go eight rounds here. Uh, there's 26, 25 episodes of the way we draft. Uh, Future's End will come as a package deal since it's a completed part one and part two uh, within this season. Uh, we have a part two and a part one at the beginning and the end, which will come to singles, uh, Basics Part Two and Scorpion Part One. So it's 25 draftable episodes. Uh, we're each going to go eight, so that'll get us to 16. There'll be nine left over that we'll kind of look at at the end with... Uh, being like a, a third kind of team of episodes uh, when we're all when we're all finished here. Uh, yeah, the part one and part twos are tough because technically some part twos are in the fourth season and some are in the second season. So Bill and I had to start it because it just made it easier to to break those up. But also, but Future's End is kind of the anomaly because it's just one episode that's in the season. So um, that's how that works out, I guess. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Um, so we do need to flip a coin or come up. Yeah, let's let's flip. Uh, I have a I have a coin flipper on my on my phone here. Uh, so why don't you call it and oh uh, tails? You're gonna call tails. I'm flipping yes. and it is tails. So yes, you got you're up. Uh, so yes, first pick around one. Uh, your pick of the litter is gonna be. So my pick of the litter, my first pick in Voyager Season 3 is The Shoot. Wow, nice. I'm going to go with an early episode. I, I believe it's the third episode of the season. It's, uh... I really think a, uh... a good postmarker for the, um... Tom and Harry kind of, uh, friendship it kind of starts off there. Um... And it, it really feels real. Um, it it um, it it it's a really dirty episode. You feel really dirty after watching it. Um, I love the set design um, of that place. Uh, it, it feels really confined and, and dirty and, and dingy. So it's an interesting type of psychological experiment type of deal so it's 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 a good really good episode yeah i love the shoot it's not like like i said it's very grimy and dirty and dingy it's not a pleasant experience uh necessarily but it's so core to the tom paris harry kim friendship and that's you know a, a big hallmark of voyager it's one of the kind of foundational kind of relationships uh within that show it's always been a favorite of mine, and it would have been picked pretty early. Uh, I'm surprised we went with it round one, uh, but it uh, would not have lasted long. I can, I can tell you that, because it's, it's definitely up there for me. Yeah. Um, my choice is going to be the predictably uh, easy one with Scorpion Part 1. 
I think yeah. that is Voyager's best episode. It's the one that I think I'm the most nostalgic for, too. Uh, just speaking as somebody who grew up watching the show and first run, uh, I remember being in front of the TV and... So it would have been like fourth grade, maybe second grade. I don't, I can't remember exactly, but I was young, and the uh, just the action element of it, the the, the it was something more threatening than the board really had me. I was I was really excited by it. There are moments in the episode uh, with the really percussive, loud, bombastic score yeah. that really are kind of drilled into my head forever from that first experience uh, being really excited to see it I felt like I was too young I didn't experience the best of both worlds in first run which everybody who was around for it always talks about as being like this huge TV moment uh, for, for, for Star Trek fans especially with the big cliffhanger and I remember watching Scorpion Part 1 feeling like this is like the closest I'm going to get to that uh, without having experienced the best of both worlds so that's that's mine. I think it's Voyager's best. Uh, if this was all 172 episodes of Voyager, my, my round one pick would have been Scorpion. Part. Would have been Scorpion, yeah. yeah. And if you could, part two as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great pick. Um, I really do love that. Um, it's like a turning point for the show into what it it kind of becomes uh in the later seasons so yeah it's a great episode yeah, yeah it really does set the show off on it's <laughs> kind of a new path too like you mentioned yep. at, the, at the beginning this is the the last season of cast the, the last season without seven uh last season without the board kind of had really heavily featuring uh we get a little bit of them in in unity and then in scorpion here at the end but it does sort of foreshadow what the show is going to kind of look and feel like in a lot of ways for the rest of it so what are you thinking for round two? For round two, my pick is going to be a later uh, episode uh, in the season. It's going to be Distant Origin, which is Ooh, the 23rd yeah. um, episode of the season, I believe. Later in the season, but it's really, really good. I really like I think my favorite thing about it is just the sci-fi concept. I know for a long time, just uh, as a Trekkie and just as a sci-fi um, fan, we all remember like why do we all look very similar and have these similar shapes? I really think it's a cool. I don't know. I don't want to call it a retcon, but it just it just you know puts this sci-fi concept into why that is and why we look so similar and 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 it feels really different from uh, any episodes this season, even sometimes the whole uh, series, um, because it starts off with uh, and it's kind of based off just an alien species, so it's more focused on them and it's just um really really good i think the and and for my money having such a great sci-fi concept like this which is such a mark of wager i feel like i had to pick it i love this in origin i think it's a great choice might have been a round two pick uh i think it's it's a it's a weird episode it's it's kind of like it's, it's it's two in one sort of the first half of it is everything you just said with the the big science fiction idea of it all uh, we don't even see Voyager I think for the first act uh, we're completely following these two uniforms but yes yeah. yeah we see the uniforms on like a graphic because they find uh, uh, the body of a dead crewman from basics they're on that planet yeah. and they they, <laughs> they they trace that you know there's a common ancestry there and uh, are trying to solve the mystery. Uh, so the first half of the episode, we're kind of following that along and unpacking that mystery of, is this true? Are they really what they look like? Are they like dinosaurs? And Janeway's trying to solve all that. And then the second half of the episode turns into like a, a trial. It's a, it's a courtroom drama. 
uh, with yeah. the, the scientists being kind of raked over the coals for daring to you know push back against doctrine. It's it's almost like the the, the whole Galileo. Uh, it's commentary on that. Yeah. yeah, it's very much a yeah. you know faith and science and. Uh, the, the rigidity of that and yeah. inflexibility of, of feeling threatened by by science, and it's 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 awesome. I I think the way David Livingston shoots the courtroom stuff with like really Dutch angles and dark, uh, low angles makes Chakotay feel like he is in a completely alien, scary, never been here, never been anywhere like this before. It really feels otherworldly. Yeah, yeah. I really think they really yeah. uh, do a good job of illustrating that. Uh, with the camera, and it's a classic. I think it's I think it's one of Voyager's best. Um, so I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with. Um, yeah, I'll go with Future's End. I'll take the two, uh, the the full two parter there. Um, this one's kind of grown on me over the years. I feel like it is. It's always been a lot of fun. Um, but I, I, to be honest, over the last several years, I think I've grown to appreciate it more as uh, as like a classic. Uh, you know, I think I always kind of viewed it as lightweight and uh, kind of silly uh, in my earlier years. But I've, it's really grown on me. I think the the Sarah Silverman character, Rain Robinson, the way she relates to Tom Paris, and the way that they use the whole cast. Uh, <clears throat> uh, in different kind of facets over the course of the two parts. I think Tuvok and Tom Paris have a great dynamic on Earth. Um, you get the introduction of the, the, the mobile emitter for the Doctor. Um, you know, if you look at it through the lens of, you know, Henry Starling is like this this tech billionaire guy who's who's not good. I think that's become... Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> Name your guy, whoever. Yeah. I think they had Steve Jobs. Tim Cook. Or, yeah, Steve yeah, Jobs. Yeah, whatever. Time, sort of yeah. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs kind of yeah, amalgam. Fill in the blank now. They're, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, not, not super popular in all corners, so it, it's kind of an easy thing to root against. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really fun. It's, it's, it's a good time. I, I think it... It's it's interesting now after having watched season two of Picard, which the way I kind of it's a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. It's like yeah. season two of Picard is like what if Futures End took a ten episode like that kind of a deal. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. you know, trip back in time, but it's not solved in an hour or two. It's it's a, it's a longer running problem and bigger mystery. And how do we get out of here? And, um, so it's, I think it's grown on me a lot over the years, and I, I pretty comfortably put it up there in the upper echelon of Voyager episodes, and it's, I think it's pretty comfortably in my top 100 right now with the uh, top 100 overall. I, I think it's unjustly compared to Voyage Home. Yeah, I think at the, at the time. I just think that there's there's a lot of stuff that really uh, is interesting. Obviously, you know, the, the timeline and all that stuff is always fun, kind of sci-fi concept. But like you said, I think it, it does a lot for the Doctor and a few of these characters. that, And it gives the cast just... Everyone has something to do. And, Looks like they're yeah, I think fun. It, yeah, it's a solid episode, I think. I just think it's unjustly compared to Voyage Home at times. I definitely think that that is what kind of held me back. I, I've always, like I said, it's always been very solidly in the positive column for me. Yeah. But I think I kept it out of that upper, upper echelon, out of some sort of comparison to Star Trek Four, um, and things like City on the Edge of Forever. It always just felt like it was a little lighter weight than 
those other like big time travel <laughs> swings. But it, it's there's something to be said for that. Like yeah, it's it's not mm-hmm. as as like completely. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean the stakes are high. I, I I don't know. I I don't know why I was resistant to it uh, over the years, but I I'm on board now completely with having it way yeah. up there. Round three. What do you got? Round three. I'm gonna go with Macrocosm. I love. I'm a big Die Hard fan, obviously, and this to me just feels like Die Hard in space with Janeway. You know, running around the deck is kind of an action hero. Um, running around the decks and then trying to solve mystery and fight this alien on that's on the ship that's slowly taking over the ship. I just uh, always really love this episode. Um, I've always loved uh, Janeway when she gets to you know tackle an action hero role, an action hero type of episode um, where she gets to get her hands dirty and. Um, uh, feels really old school when you know one crew or two crewmen against the this the whole problem of the week. I really do like that type of setup as well. Yeah, going macrocosm. This is another one that's really grown on me over the years. I think the I love the structure of it, the way that they kind of slowly reveal the flashbacks of Yeah. I think doing I think the episode's done a really good service by placing us in the shuttle with Janeway and discovering the ship and the dire circumstances that it finds itself in through Janeway's eyes. Like, we don't have all the answers. We aren't... Our perspective isn't on the ship when the episode starts. We're in the same boat as Janeway kind of getting on there and, like, what the heck happened here and uh, what what could have uh, kind of done the crew in to this to this extent. Mm-hmm. And we're learning about it through the, the same way she is. I think, I, I think they do a really nice job making that feel unexpected and different. Uh, because certainly there's a, a long lineage of, you know, some sort of virus kind of striking the crew. It's, Stranger yeah. Worlds literally just did one like two weeks ago. They're still doing it. Um, these are these are not there's a, there's a whole run of these episodes that you can do a whole marathon of. And I think the structure is one of the ways that this one finds a real fresh voice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Janeway diehard kind of kind of stuff is really great. I think Kate Mulgrew does a really nice job with the action. Uh, element of it. It's a rock solid episode for sure. Uh, for my round three, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a heavy one uh, and go with real life, which is kind of similar to the shoot. You know, if, if it's it's uh, it's not dirty the way the shoot is, but it's emotionally tiring the way that the shoot is. Uh, it's you know, got a, maybe one of the heavier endings I think in. In, in Star Trek's history, uh, easily, yeah. yeah, it's really tough to to, yeah. tough to watch. Uh, but you know, I, again, I think with the structure and and the tonal shifts that this episode has to deal with, the way that it sort of progresses uh, early on, the Doctor's holodeck program with the family is kind of a 1950s sitcom. Uh, everything's just hockey dory everybody gets along it's super cheesy um, and it turns into a kind of 90s you know melodrama by, by the end of it and it's 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 really well done I think they handle those shifts with a lot of ease and most importantly to me I think it's I'm, I'm always really taken by the idea that the thing that has sort of kept the doctor separate from the crew is this he doesn't have the same sense of loss that everybody around him is dealing with uh, and there's a, there's a great scene 
towards the back end of this episode when Tom Paris kind of urges the doctor to kind of follow through with this program and deal with the loss that's coming his way because it'll probably make him feel closer to the crew. It'll give him a key into, you know, relating to everyone around him. Um, and it's brutal. It's, it's a hard thing to ask somebody to go do, uh, to, to, to push through that kind of pain. But I think the way that Robert Picardo plays that last scene with, uh, the loss of his child kind of sells that idea that he, he gets it. Like he feels a little closer to the crew and, uh, feels more more a part of the family because of that experience, and I love that. I think yeah. that's a, that's an important moment for that character. Yeah, I love that episode. Um, it's definitely not an easy watch, as Bill said, but um, it go, it goes to some really dark and tough places, yeah. which uh, Star Trek does uh, from time to time. So it, it feels right at home. Yeah, round four. Round four. I'm gonna um, quickly jump back to kind of the end of the season. I'm gonna go worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. One of those few episodes that I think um, kind of de- depicts and kind of explores the early distrust of the two crews merging together, which I, I really love. Um, I like the mystery of, of who is the author uh, of this uh, type of you know holodeck program, um, and you know what ensues after that and all that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that my favorite thing about the episode is is it it, it explores a little bit of the dis- distrust the two crews and especially spoiler Tuvok had. Um, yeah, which which is interesting because he you know was he infiltrated the, the Maquis. So I, I just I just find that kind of interesting where he's 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 so steadfast in his logic, but it also it's I guess it, you know he talks about it in the episodes it's. It's good. It's really good. It is. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another thing that kind of strikes me here, it, it, we don't get a lot of that Tom Paris Tuvok pairing, but in season three, there is a little bit of it here. With the they're yeah. paired together for a big chunk of Future's End, and then in worst case scenario, they're paired together again. And I kind of wish there was more of that. I think the, those two people are so polar opposites with with kind of what drives them. It's sort of the emotional response versus uh, yeah. more logic and, and level headedness. Yeah. Tom is so driven by wearing his feelings on his sleeve and is, is kind of impulsive and, um, and, and Tubak obviously is the opposite. It's sort of maybe the closest thing that Voyager could have gotten to the, the, the Spock McCoy kind of dynamic, very different. Uh, but it, it's kind of treading on that same water and, um, season three you get a little bit of it and I, I think that really works well in worst case scenario I do think the the kind of return of let's not forget that this is two different crews that have two different motivations and and, and, and you know very different backgrounds are, are here together and it's not you know always going to be you know sunshine and rainbows I, I think they do a nice job of returning to that in a cool way that that's not overly contrived um mm-hmm. and, and and you know it's not like this random event sparks the the, the conflict again it's it's kind of no, i think no, it's no. done in a pretty 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 convincing way that you know allows us to explore those things without um you know compromising the integrity of the show and what the show wants to be um and it's 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 a lot of fun i think seska's really uh, dangerous in it, and she feels like she's always one, two steps ahead of 
mm-hmm. everybody, uh, Paris and, and, and Tuvok, but also even like Janeway and company trying to like rewrite the, the hologram ahead of um, ahead of the the Sesco the Sesco developments. Uh, she she feels dangerous and very competent, and uh, it's a good one. It's a really good episode. Yeah, one of the better holiday episodes actually. I think if you wanted to do like a holiday. Episodes yeah, across all these shows. Worst case scenario is yeah. up there. Yes, she takes those safety parameters off, so it, yeah. it almost doesn't feel like yeah, but I really it feels uh real dangerous. Yeah. So for my round four, four uh, yeah, I am gonna go kind of loading up on this back end of the season. Uh, I'm gonna go with before and after, which I really like. Uh, I think it's Kess's best moment on the yeah. show. Uh, really cool science fiction idea with the sort of reverse aging. I think they do a nice job of exploring kind of the, the hallmark quality of Kess's character, which is the short lifespan, uh, which I think sometimes doesn't get satisfyingly explored over the course of her three seasons on the show. Uh, but this That's one deals with it head on and they're, they're, yeah. they're concerned about it. And there's a, there's a, there's, you know, the, 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 there's this sense of urgency about it, yeah. uh, and a, a desire to try to cheat, you know, use a cheat code to extend her life. Um, there's some really cool foreshadowing toward the, the year of hell in here, uh, through the sort of future flashes that we get, uh, mm-hmm. through Kess's, uh, jumps forward. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, very strange, uh, you know, classic, you know, mind bendy, high concept science fiction idea. Uh, but I think Jennifer Lean's really strong in it, and it's nice to me that Kess gets. This is kind of her swan song, I think. You know, she's got a few episodes to go, but this is her last real uh, you know, spotlight, and I think it's kind of a home run. It's a it's a really good episode that provides a lot of. You know, meat to chew on for for her best qualities, the, the the things that are distinctive and unique about her character. Yeah, I was hoping this would slide to another uh, another round, but um, I waited too long. Yeah. I really do. En- I really enjoyed this. Enjoyed this episode. It's frustrating because you realize uh, she had such a just kind of cool background, sci-fi background, and it felt like why couldn't we do more of this all along? And maybe she would have stayed around. I think she. To you know the character's credit, she does have a cool sci-fi backstory that they don't really utilize until uh, this episode, where it's just um, I don't know, really cool. It challenges our perspective because we have such a longer lifespan than she does, and to some other you know animals and species on this planet. So I think it, it challenges how we view our lives and our perspective on things. So I really do like this episode. Yeah, cool sci-fi concept, true Voyager fashion, but um, should have picked it earlier. <laughs> it's the name of the game here. Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got for round five? For my round five pick, I am going to go with a uh, mid-season uh, pick. I'm going to go with Fair Trade. I think it's an episode that has definitely grown on me as well. It's uh, it, it does a lot of good stuff with uh, the Neelix character and um, 
you know, where he goes from here. And uh, uh, I think we had an episode on it. Yeah, we did an undervalued uh, Trex episode on Fair Hate, Fair Trade and Alter Ego. We did like a double yeah. header kind of two, two episodes back to back that don't get a lot of yeah. don't get a lot of love uh, that I know I was a fan of. But yeah, you know, it leans on the uh, the idea of the premise of the show um, where they're trying to get back and, and, and trying to find their way back. And, and to this point, Neelix was always the guide and he always had the answers. And I think there's some there's some good stuff with um, how he interacts with the crew and, and, and some good stuff with that. So, <laughs> yeah, it it's, is. It's, yeah, no, you nailed it. I think uh, just like before <laughs> and after, which, which I just picked, the, the fact that that deals with uh, like fundamental core principles of the Kess character, Fair Trade does the same thing for Neelix. Like, it's not just a story about Neelix. It's it's taking all of the building blocks of going back to Caretaker. Why he's there? Why is he on the ship? What's his purpose? Uh, what's 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 his kind of mission statement as a, as a character? And put that into conflict. And uh, that we're kind of reaching the natural end of his knowledge base. And yeah. Starting to feel like his his usefulness on the ship is is going to start you know wearing out. Uh, this is a guy who clearly has kind of bounced around in life. Doesn't stay in one place for too long. Never really had a home after everything that happened on his home world. He's a, he's, a, he's a junk trader. He's a he's a guy who's had all <laughs> different experiences. So his his I think his body clock is kind of starting to click that. You know, my, my time here is running short. You know, I'm going to have to move on soon. And he's panicking about that because he feels comfortable and he likes the crew and he likes the ship. And I think he feels at home here and doesn't want that to happen again. And it drives him to making some bad decisions. And I like the way that I've always liked this episode for its kind of kind of classic exploration of the, 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 the phenomenon of like one bad decision kind of. Leading another, to another, another and then another, another, and another, 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 another. Yeah, yeah. You've woven this spider web of crap yeah, yeah. that you can't take <laughs> it out of. And it happens in life. People do this. This is how people get themselves into hot water a lot of the time mm. in, in, in all kinds of facets. And I think it does a nice job of you know putting that on screen in 45 minutes. And Ethan Phillips is great. I, I think this is a good episode. And I, I think it's underrated. Um. I'm kind of torn here. Uh, I have two that kind of stand out to me as ones that I am tempted to pick, and I'm not sure that you would pick either one of them, so I feel like I'm pretty safe, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Remember first. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Bolana Torres. It's sort of a Holocaust drama. It's another one that's really heavy. I'm glad I didn't pick it right off the heels of real life and have two back to back that are like kind of punishingly yeah difficult. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's a really nice kind of historical you know exploration of a, of you know the Holocaust is the easiest one to kind of point to, but you know mass genocide and uh, and. and I think it's an interesting use of Balana as well. Like she's kind of an unexpected character to kind of deal with these things because she is, you know, it's sort of through like telepathic means that she's able to access these memories and she's not a telepath, so she's not like a natural choice. Uh, but I think her volatility and her, her character traits, I think are a nice counterbalance to 
the, the sort of softer tones, especially early on in this episode, where she's she's having these. I think they do a nice job of kind of slow rolling what the episode's really talking about. Like at the beginning of it, she's having these dreams that are almost just kind of like erotic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of fantasy uh, kinds of dreams, and it, she's having this relationship, this this kind of forbidden Romeo and Juliet kind of. Uh, relationship with a guy and there's not a lot of context around like why at least early early on why this is so not okay uh, and why it has to be hidden and the the, the slow reveal of you know the, the sort of uh, the, the, the genocide base of everything going on is, is I think really well done and um, yeah I've, I've always really liked this episode it's 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 heavy it's quiet it's not there's no action in it there's no explosions there's no space battles kind of just a straight drama um, but I think the way that it twists and turns into uh, what it ultimately becomes is really well done I like I like episodes I like movies that can pull off making you think you're watching one thing and then they take a hard right and you realize oh this is not what I thought it was and I think that's a good example of an episode that does that particularly remember this episode good but, um, awesome at least the, from the picks that we've made I don't know if there's been a lot of major Torres episodes um, and it's nice to see that she gets that's a good one I think I think she's one of one of her stronger performances I think and she's got a lot of them Roxanne Dawson she's yeah. excellent as Melina throughout the show but this is yeah. a this is a good one. And it's outside the box from, I think, the usual fare for her. Let's see. Definitely getting a little bit tougher to do. Yeah. Uh, Round six. Three more. Round six. I'm going to go make sure that this is the episode that I'm thinking of. I'm going to go with Rise. I like uh, the pairing of um, anytime we get Neelix and uh, pretty much anyone who's kind of the complete opposite word, uh, which is Tuvok. I like anytime you know Voyager gets to go and save the day. This is the one with the elevator thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I really like that. Neelix just is, I think, at this point, really eager to do things and help out, and kind of um, anytime he can go on an away mission, I think he's he's, he's eager to. I really do like the pairing of Tuvok uh, with this episode. So yeah, I'm, I'm picking Rise. It's not one of my favorites, but I love that you're picking it. Uh, a lot of people are fond of this. Uh, I think it's a it's a guilty pleasure, or maybe not so guilty for a lot of people too. Uh, it's there's some kind of throwback, um, potentially silly like science fiction stuff, like kind of retro sort of. Uh, with with at least the way it's executed, I think. Um, yeah. But the, the the real meat of the episode is for sure the the Tuvok Neelix yeah. dynamic, and I this is one that I, I remember when I watched, as I've mentioned a couple times on the show over the last two years, I guess now is the Delta Flyers. They had a really nice uh, conversation. I can't remember if it was with both of them. I know Ethan Phillips talked about it. Um, I think Tim Russ did too. They, the way they talked about playing those scenes with the two of them in conflict really made me want to like go back and watch it again and find the appreciation that like those two actors yeah. had for it. They they really liked uh, being together and uh, playing that conflict. Um, so yeah, I, I'm eager to watch Rise again. Um, I've seen it many many times over the years, and I've never been a <laughs> huge fan. But yeah. it's it's. <clears throat> it's uh, 
it's an interesting one, and I, I, I never, I don't dread watching it. I, I do look forward to it every time, and I always go into it hoping to like love it more than I do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you picked it. I think, I think it's a fun one. Um, I'm gonna go back to back on Bolana kinds of stories, and I'm gonna go with Blood Fever. I, mm-hmm. I, I like okay. Blood Fever. I think. Okay. Um, I like Vorik. I think. Yeah. He's a cool recurring character. Um, I, I like. Um, this is the first time since a mock time that you deal with Ponfar and the, the, the sort of nitty gritty yeah. Vulcan stuff. <laughs> uh, and I think they have a lot of fun with putting a new spin on some of that stuff. You know, you have to you have to go along with the the, the sort of conceit of the the sort of. Uh, contagious nature of it that inflicts Bolana. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of a that's a that's, that's the hard sell that I think people are either on board for or not. Uh, but you know, as somebody who is completely there and on board for the Tom Paris Bolana stuff, uh, it does allow that to progress. Um, it sets that kind of more forward in a way that is. In the open for those two characters, I think up until this point, there's there's some hints in episodes preceding Blood Fever, but it's very sort of beneath the surface. It's it's very subtle. Yeah. Blood <laughs> Fever kind of drives that into the forefront, and it forces those characters to kind of start dealing with it. Um, and I think they do a, I think they do a good job. There's scenes in the caves that are really memorable. I remember watching as a kid and being like, "Wow, like this is." kind of spicy in the caves with like the flashlight lighting like that's yeah that's pretty i think that's kind of well done i think it, it's 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 um tense and weird and uh i think it's, it's obviously memorable um, yeah yeah so you know is it a little silly at times sure um there, there's there's some there's some stuff you gotta you gotta go along with to get there but it's uh, <clears throat> I, I always have a fun time with it, and I, it has a great ending with the kind of unexpected uh, revealed Borg. Uh, there's like a dead Borg, Borg body in the in the brush that they find that kind of foreshadows that they're kind of approaching that that part of the Delta Quadrant where they're kind of yeah yeah yeah. I uh, I just think that there's a lot of uh, we don't understand the power of the Vulcan mind and the and and because remember like Sarek will come on. Enterprise D and then yeah, cry true. and then you know emit this immense. Yes. I, I don't know if that's that's can, we can completely make us understand this kind of setup in this episode, but I think we can get there with well, we don't really know the true power of the Vulcan mind and what it can, how it can affect other species and then people in the crew. So you're right. Uh, I'm liking Blood Fever more and more, trying to just like put the. You know the silliness of some of the stuff in this uh, episode. Will to bed and just accept it. So pun intended. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> For my next pick, I'm not sure. Round seven. Seven. Round seven. Yeah. Two more. I'm gonna go with flashback. I know um, most shows have a the episode where they try to shoehorn a old cast member in. This one, uh, I like the exploration of of some of Tuvok's past and some of the insecurities and things that he deals with, and and kind of 
explores some of his backstory and stuff. I really like that I think we get... There's a few episodes sprinkled out throughout the show that we get, even the last one, that we that we realize the strong relationship Janeway has with Tuvok. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those episodes where you realize that they have got they do have a very strong relationship yeah because i think sometimes tuvok can be distant and really sometimes stale at times with his character but i think this is this adds some um good backstory that that adds some color and weight to the jane ray tuvok relationship that we get explored in you know even the last episodes of the of the show so yeah going flashback yeah flashback's good i i think uh like you said, the backstory for Tuvok, the the sort of nostalgic look back at the original series. I think there's some nice scenes with Janeway talking about like the old days with Kirk and the old yeah. Enterprise, and it was it, the, the way it, it was a little bit more cowboy and off into the frontier. Cavalier, the difference yeah, between yeah. Yeah. life in Starfleet in the 23rd and the 24th centuries. I think that's yeah. that's nice. Um, it's it's always it's always been one even back in the day that I, I I always wanted to like more than I do. Uh, I wanted it to be better than it than it was. Yeah, on paper it sounds fantastic, but it, yeah. yeah, some of the execution is yeah. <laughs> and I remember at the time, th- this is the this is the thirtieth yeah the thirtieth anniversary of Star Trek. This is nineteen ninety six that this season came out. So, Deep Space Nine and Voyager both. Did a like 30th anniversary episode harkening back to the original. Oh, series. remind me, what was their episode? <laughs> <laughs> right, and they uh, aired yeah. pretty close together, and you know that was not helpful to flashback. <laughs> I don't think like well, having trouble, you know. <laughs> yeah, they was it was yeah. <laughs> Trials and tribulations is so perfect, and, yeah, and so. Uh, so perfect. It's so it's so well done in every way, and it's such a loving look back at, at TOS. Uh, I think I think flashback. Unfortunately, at the time, contemporaneously when the episodes were airing, fell prey to like people holding both episodes up and being like, "Ah, which one?" Yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. doesn't that, compare. But <laughs> no, and I think time has been kinder to that. You know, people people coming to Star Trek later and not living through that context can look at those two episodes as two separate entities and don't yeah, move them through true. that, that yeah. prism that can help uh, at least let flashback stand on its own but as somebody who lived through that it, it still kind of weighs on me like I, I my brain does go there when I think of flashback but I do enjoy it there's some great stuff with Kang uh, being on the bridge of the Klingon ship that the Excelsior is dealing with in the nebula yeah. uh, and um, yeah it's 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 good it's, it's certainly not it's not a miss I think it's 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 solid and it does do some cool things for Tuvok's backstory, and um, I love the fact that he was in Starfleet and left. Like he wasn't sure that that was the right path for him. Like he's had kind of two careers in Starfleet: the early, less comfortable um, time on the Excelsior and in that era, and then kind of has come back to it. So there's some interesting texture that you get with Tuvok there for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with. Seven, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, um, this will be my round seven pick, right? Four, five, six. Yeah, seven. So I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Unity, which is a kind of their first Borg episode. 
uh, uh-huh. that's kind of a pseudo-Borg episode. They don't really deal with the collective. They, they, they run into this colony of disconnected... It's kind of the XBs before Picard did the XBs. Borg, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're disconnected drones who have uh, kind of succeeded with forming their own kind of version of the Borg. They're still connected. Like They're, they're still dealing with being a collective, uh, they're not completely removed from the Borg technology and their connectivity, but they're removed from the collective at large. And they've kind of formed this, this society of, of their own uh, that Chakotay runs into. And um, it, it, it's, it's sort of this this uh, first warning sign that Voyager's about to butt up against yeah. the, the, this thing that they know is out there and is going to be a major problem. Uh, but I think it does some cool things with Chakotay's character. He has this kind of pseudo-romantic connection with this female yeah. leader of this colony, and it's sort of a... They play it like this... This He's being kind of lured in by something kind of evil and uh, uncomfortable. Um, I think they do some nice things with portraying that as sort of this dangerous romance he's, he's kind of getting lured into um, I don't think it's a great episode but I think it's a good one I, I don't think it's completely successful it always kind of leaves me wishing it was more than it is but it is, I think when I really think about it it's it's solid on its own on its own framework uh, you know I, I remember at the, at the time when it aired it felt I, I just I remember them promoting it like it's their first it's the Borg it's a, it's a Borg episode and then it's so not like what you expect the Borg episode to be when you're 10 and coming off the heels of the next generation and stuff so uh, I think the way that they subvert those expectations kind of works in, in hindsight and getting away from that initial experience with it being a little disappointed and let down but I think I think it's solid I think I think it's a good episode not a great episode and I'm kind of happy, happy to have it at this point. It feels right around this point of the tail end of eight rounds. Yes. Do I have anything to say about <laughs> just, any you know any type of Borg episode? I think is now um, our perspectives are going to change on them because of what Picard is doing. This already this episode already was changing our perspective because right at this point we only have stuff that we have in the next generation yeah um uh so it's it's i think this is a little bit uh we're obviously a little bit cautious but it's it's hard this is early even early season three um we're already changing our perspective on the borg right because in in the next generation they feel so dangerous and such a a menace that um once we you know we get into uh some of the borg stuff it, it it gets um our perspective changes, you know, even after Scorpion and things like that. Great pick. Man, this is tough. I, um, there's two that I could go with. I'm going to keep the little batch together. Uh, I'm going to go Alter Ego. Bill talked about it. I think we did an episode on it, uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, this, this little run here, uh, has got some underrated episodes. Alter Ego, I just think it tackles some interesting stuff with, um, you know, relationships and, 
just being out in space yeah. uh, for so long. I think, you, you know, we're relationship beings. We have to have mm-hmm. some types of interactions, and it just gets into some exploration of that. And I think it's another holodeck episode. It just explores some, which I think is interesting because I think Voyager's always felt so disconnected and such a been put placed in a tough spot that did that um, you know takes a, a, a toll on the crew and then this episode kind of goes into some of those territories uh, with that so yeah Bill thoughts on Alter Ego I, I really like Alter Ego we did do the, the undervalued episode we did a few months back was Fair Trade and Alter Ego it was back to backs really under discussed I think under underappreciated episodes. Uh, yeah, that's another one. I think there was another episode we talked about. Um, Distant Origin, I mentioned, kind of being like an episode that's almost split in half uh, with two kinds of things. And Alter Ego kind of does the same thing. First half of the episode, it's this, this sort of like Harry Kim's falling in love with a hologram, you know, that's yeah. like, which you would imagine is something that would happen, especially on a ship like yeah. Voyager or a small crew. You're out there. It's the only kind of outside the box social you know, opportunity you have outside of the, the, the crewmen and women that you're, you're living with. Um, and the, the back half of the episode is this, this mystery about what the heck's going on with this holodeck character uh, that Harry Kim's falling in love with now is kind of into Tuvok, and it turns out it's an alien who's also lonely on a space station living by themselves and is yeah. essentially catfishing, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like using, using a holodeck. To, to, to manifest herself into and live this like the second life um, yeah. and then have that connection that she so deeply needs but it's really an episode about loneliness and that like you said that that, that desperation for a connection of some sort and that Harry Kim and her both have it um, and even Tuvok kind of has it in his own way Tuvok's a little open to the, the, the at least the, the friendship aspect I think of connecting with this holiday program uh, at the beginning before it starts to get creepy uh, but I think it explores all three of them having that need for you know a, a deeper connection uh, with with somebody and, and they all kind of manifest in their own ways but they're all problematic um, yeah. and um, I think in the day and age that we find ourselves in now with the internet and the, the, the pitfalls and things that that offers and <laughs> <laughs> opens up doors toward uh, you know it, it's, it's even more relevant now than it was in in 96, 97 when it aired, you know, the internet plus, you know, COVID and quarantines and less social interactions than before is kind of the perfect <laughs> soup for an episode like Alter Ego to kind of have a new a new life as, a, as, as something to, to, to watch again and think about with today's perspective. And I think Voyager has always pushed the boundary and explored so much of what it means to, to with the holodeck, you know, just even with, you know, stories on the holodeck, but also with the doctor, even with the captain, you know, delete the wife types of, yeah. of mm-hmm. situations. I think it just it just explores the the change, the, the, the change that and effect that a holodeck, a holodeck and hologram can affect a crew, uh, especially on uh, such a long deep space yeah. mission. So. I like it. Yeah, people are going to find it. However, they're going to find it. Like, <laughs> people are going to reach a breaking point where they're they're going to they're going to want to to, to seek yeah, out yeah. that that <laughs> connection if they're not getting it. And the holodeck on Voyager does periodically get you know highlighted because they're so, isol- I, they're so isolated. Yeah, from right. Yeah. They don't have just traditional you know leave time and they can go do something else or transfer or do some other job yeah. or 
you know, have, have shore leave traditionally, uh, you know, the way that, like, the Enterprise D can or Deep Space Nine can. It's just not the same situation. The vast majority of the time, they're living with the same 150 people. And, yeah, that's going to create tension. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Alter Ego. I think it's a good pick. I'm going to go with, for my last one, uh, Displaced, uh, which... That was the other one that I thinking about yeah I, I i like this one it's it's you know not the deepest not the not the most profound uh it doesn't have a huge big social you know message or or uh you know a, a big profound thing to say necessarily but it's it's really well done uh when i think of this episode my brain kind of goes to the very end of the the first chunk of the episode when they're being picked off the ship and chakotay's yeah. last man standing and kind of race against time to sabotage the ship and make it as difficult on these aliens as possible. I and mean, he's a yeah. bad A in that. Like he's really yeah. cool. Like, yeah. You know, he's 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 going going hard uh, on 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 them. And uh I, I just I think that's one of Chicote's more heroic, like cooler moments on the show. Um his Maquis definitely coming out. Like he's coming he's, up. he's, yeah. he's very comfortable and competent in that kind of a in that kind of a job. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, really cool idea with the, the the kind of alien prison that they they, they replicate uh, you know very different environments and um, you know try to make their their captives feel home and try to get them to submit to life's not so bad here uh, like the nexus a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah they try to try to yeah get people to just kind of resign themselves to oh it could be worse we're here yeah. um, uh, but the, the, the slow burn toward Voyager realizing what's happening is really well done too like at first it's this innocent like the heck is going on like being replaced and it's some size some kind of anomaly or something and they're slowly piecing together that it's not an innocent accident kind of a thing um, is, is well done <laughs> Uh, some good Bellana Tom Paris stuff too with with this. This is again a big. There's some big stuff uh, when they're imprisoned uh, and their their breakout uh, effort that kind of pushes them closer together and forces them to deal with their feelings. One step closer to Day of Honor in season four. So yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, really good. So for my money, this is probably my next pick. I uh, I really loved the Chicote part of it, and then also just the sci-fi concept part of it. Um, I yeah. think those two really make this uh, definitely a watchable episode. All right, so that's going to do it for our eight-round portion of it. Like we've got our eight episodes, yeah. uh, which we'll kind of recap here in a second. Uh, there's there's nine left, uh, so we have, I'm going to read them because you don't have the benefit of the draft board right in front of you. Um, and if you can, if one stands out to you, it's kind of like maybe the next one you would pick. Uh, we got Basics Part 2, uh, The Swarm, False Prophets, Sacred Ground, Warlord, Hugh and the Gray, Coda, Darkling, and Favorite Son are mm. un- undrafted batch. Um, yeah. Is there an episode in that mix that would be like an easy go-to? You would definitely pick that or not the other? Um yeah, maybe two. Um, I might go basics part two. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first one, maybe a little bit better yeah. uh, first part, but um, I do like basics. Maybe the swarm. Isn't Paris injured in that one too? He gets, yeah, him and Bolana get hit by the 
by an alien. They're in a shuttle and yeah. they get attacked. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah. So those ones, those two probably are my next two picks. I probably pick basics first. Um, just to, to to recap overall, I think um, this episode has definitely some clear cuts, like definitely classics. When you think of Voyager, you think of you know the shoot or uh, Scorpion. Obviously, you got some classics here, but you also got some really undervalued uh, episodes that I think really. Um, uh, I think my toughest pick that I didn't get that you got was probably before and after. Mm. I really did like that um, that stuff with Cass. Um, but again, there's there's some really it's really solid episodes that are just um, pretty undervalued. Uh, Remember is a good pick as well, and then then Fair Trade and Alter Ego are also I think underrated as well. So. I think really good season to do uh, a draft like this because it really makes you think uh, about the episodes, uh, but also has some classics. So, yeah, as I've, I've said a million times as we've done these, my favorite seasons to do this for seasons like this, where you have some classics, but you, you can quickly kind of get into a, a portion of episodes that are kind of undervalued, underappreciated, aren't always at the top of lists. And I think that really is what I think you learn a little something about our personal tastes by seeing you pick things like fair trade and, and, rise. and yeah, I mean that and, and yeah. flashback, like your willingness to go there where some of those episodes I might not, I might not go with. Uh, I went with some stuff. I picked blood fever. I, if I had to bet, you probably weren't going to pick blood fever. Um, you probably weren't going to pick remember, um, you know, so there were, you, you, that's where it gets interesting. I think where you can, you can really get a, a sense of, and maybe the hopefully viewers out there, people who are listening, can kind of put themselves in, in the shoes of somebody doing this and can think about, you know, where would, where would you pick? Um, especially once you get into that portion of it. Um, so I, I love this. I think uh, this is a cool format where you can kind of do anything. We, we've tended to go with seasons, but we've done things like two-parters. We've done the movies. We've done... Yes. Uh, we've done... Um, great backlog if yeah, you're wanting more of this <laughs> there's a whole playlist on, on the YouTube channel of, of nothing but our, our fantasy drafts including some really good guests we did a huge jumbo one with uh, season 4 episodes before Discovery premiered its 4th season so it was like a huge chunk of uh, TNG DS9 Voyager and Enterprise episodes with uh, Jen and Caleb were there with us uh, Jim from Trek Ranks did a TOS one with us Rob did a Voyager one with us we've had some good guests some good some good uh some good ones, for sure. Yeah. I think we've done all the shows, uh, almost. Maybe not some of the new ones, but um, certainly all the completed series we've touched on, at least. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll about do it for us. Um, thank you for watching. Hopefully we'll be back to doing some live stuff eventually, uh, maybe later this summer maybe maybe yeah we'll see. for next month yeah yeah but for now we're gonna we're gonna do a few more of these uh pre-recorded versions to kind of bridge the gap until life settles down a little bit uh i can't i can't obviously dan you spoke to it at the beginning you got some big life stuff going on uh with uh, the arrival of your your, your daughter mabel um and yep. uh some other stuff too uh and this is a really good way for us to you know get our Star Trek conversations out there a little bit without, um, you know, having to stretch too thin to make a live stream happen. But they will be back. We will be back live uh, eventually here down the road. Um, and we look forward to that. 
you guys know the drill. The discussion doesn't have to stop here. Twitter and uh, our Discord server are the two best places to keep discussion book going. Uh, let us know what your picks are. Let us know what you would pick next after all these picks. What would, your, what would your round nine be? And I want to thank everybody for watching. Thank you to the people who are watching it on the YouTube and the podcast feed. Again, the podcast feed is great. Very convenient, but also I think you get the best kind of experience when you get to see the draft board. So, um, but yeah, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks everybody. Take care. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.